So, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God wants for you is the best thing you can do for him. <laughs> Don't become so well adjusted to your culture and fit into it without thinking. I know my pastor will love this. Instead, fix your attention on God. Read that again. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be trained from the inside out, going deeper and deeper. Readily recognize what he wants from you. And what? Quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I don't know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, this morning, I thank you for the privilege to be able to share your word. I ask that as you have laid it on my heart, I'll be able to deliver it in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, that faith shall be mixed with this word in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, there shall be a transformation. In this season, you have said to us that, Lord, you will do great and awesome things. And from this word will come great and awesome things in the name of Jesus. By reason of the word that we will share this morning, Next week's testimony service will be testimonies galore in the name of Jesus. People will be wondering how quick and fast God can do things. And so shall it be in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to speak to you this morning on the subject that I have titled A Living Sacrifice. foundation. In this time when it looks as if things are difficult, God is going to be asking you for more. When it looks as if you don't even have anything to give and then he's asking you for more and you're saying, Lord, how, where, from? But we will see today. Alright. Now, for too long, our relationship with God has been transactional. And I think Pastor Steve was alluding to something like that on Wednesday. Our relationship with God has been transactional. You know what transaction means? That you give something and you get something in return. Now, God, if you do this for me, I will do that for you. Consequently, when we do not get what we want from God, we rebel. Some of us stop coming to church. Some of us stop serving. Some of us stop giving. Some of us, you know, we just shut God out. Because we believe that we are giving God A, B, or C. And somehow or the other, he has not given us what we are looking for. Mm. for. For many of us, it is the gospel that we are brought up in. Because when we became born again, Many people did not tell us that walking with Christ has a price. Many people did not tell us 
you know, who have given the, you know, the flowery part of Christianity, believe, receive, and it shall be well with you. <laughs> we, did, we are not told that being a Christian, you will go through difficult times. What the Bible, what God says is that in those troubled times, I will be with you. He didn't say that there will be no troubled time. For many of us, it is how we interpreted the gospel that was taught, uh, taught us, that, we, or we, that was preached to us. As we approach the year end, it behoves of me to remind you that what God readily wants from us is sacrificial living. Sacrificial living. Making yourself a living sacrifice. Making myself a living sacrifice. And like I said, it has nothing to do with what you have or what you do not have. And I will establish that by the grace of God in the scriptures today. Now let me read the verse 1 of that same scripture which I shared with you, but now in the amplified version. It says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice. Dedicating all of yourself, set apart as a living sacrifice. Holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. Now, according to the dictionary, sacrifice, which the word sacrificial is derived from, says is the act of slaughtering an animal or even a person. Surrendering a possession as an offering to a deity. Surrendering a possession as an offering to a deity. It also means to give something valued up. Give up something valued for the sake of other considerations. So this morning, some of you who are in church, you could have still been in your bed. You could have still been in your pajamas. Some people traveled tens of kilometers to be here this morning. Why? Because we gave up comfort of your bed. Some came in public transport. Some, maybe their last money they used to arrive in church this morning some of us did not feel like coming to church this morning hello am i right when you woke up and you said it's sunday morning wow if not for the fact that pastor is going to ask where am i i really won't come i don't have an excuse hello there's a sister of mine that i saw somewhere i hadn't seen her before i called her during the week i saw her here i don't want to mention her name but i said ah come you haven't been in church Wait, wow. Glad she's in church this morning. Hallelujah. So you gave it up. You gave up the comfort of your bed. You threw away that duvet. You jumped into the shower. Some people even walked to church this morning. You gave up something so that you can be here. We're still going further. And I'm not talking, the people who are home, you are with me. At least you gave up your data to still be. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, now let, let, let's take it further. In 
Genesis 5 verse 1. Genesis 5, 5 verse 1. Give me the first New King James Version. Genesis, it says, this is the book of genealogy of Adam. In that day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of who? God. And when we talk about it, we talk about the nature of God. We say, I am made in the image and the likeness of God. Can I show you? In, in, in the message version of it, it says, this is the family tree of the human race. When God created the human race, he made it God-like. So that you and I, we are God-like. With a nature akin to God. A nature similar to God. But what is this nature that we have? I'm going to share it with you today. Now, that nature of God is given. It's not receiving. It's giving. Hello? That nature of God is what? Giving. You know what? This morning, I'm here to shake the table. I'm here to shake the table. Preach your neighbor. Say, shake the table. After this sermon, you may not like me, but I'm here to shake the table. I have to tell the truth. Hmm. It says in John 3, 16, a scripture we are very familiar with. This is the nature of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes him should do what? Should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whether you don't like that scripture. In John 10, 15, Jesus said, my father knows me. Even so, I know the father. And why? I lay down my life for the sheep. Is it in your Bible? In John 10, 17, he goes further to say, Therefore my father loves me. Why does he love me? Because I lay down my life that I may take it again. We are talking about sacrificial living. And you find, he says, let, let, me, let me not go there first. He says, in, 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 Paul says in 2 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 6, he says that, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is now is near back to our original scripture that's Romans 1 Romans 12 verse 1 it says so here so here's what I want you to do God helping you take your everyday ordinary life you're sleeping you're eating you're going to work you're walking around and place it before God as an offering. How many of you know that sleeping and waking up is a privilege? Eating is a privilege. While you are busy asking God or reminding God what he has not done for you, how about reminding him what he has done for you? There are many people like, I, I, I hear the cost of oxygen. I was in an ICU when I contracted COVID. And my, my, I, I was in the hospital, I beg your pardon, isolation. And my ward, my bed was next to the ICU. Have you seen somebody looking for oxygen? Have you seen somebody? Even with the oxygen, the person is still gasping. And then you, you are breathing freely. And you are still telling me that God did not provide rent for you. Should be somebody who is allowed that can pay rent. Yeah. 
So I look at my bank account. And anytime I get a text from my wife nowadays, it has to do with money. But luckily, God is on my side. Her phone has broken. <laughs> when I see the text, my heart goes beam. Kilo We have to pay blah, 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 blah. But guess what? Is that going to separate me from God? Because I don't have a fat bank account. Hello. I remember when I didn't have money now. I was still serving God. What? All of a sudden, we've all now become, you know, we're good. All of a sudden, there are certain things you cannot do again. Come on. This God is still faithful. I'm here to shake the table this morning. So it says here that it is, it says here, whatever you do, give it up to God. Present it before him. Have a critical understanding that you are not doing it for yourself, but indeed you are doing it for God. Therefore, be God conscious in all your daily activities. Be God conscious. Whether you have, Paul said, I have learned, even when I'm abound and I'm abased. Some of us, the man of God was speaking on Friday and was talking about the, the pressure of Christmas. Some of us are high blood pressure because we are calculating what we need to go to our villages. Hello. There are some people waiting to chop your money in your village. If you don't have money, don't go. Hello. If you have no money, don't go. Some people are going to borrow money so that they can go and show up in the village. They will whack your bread. And let me tell you what, you are not going to be the last bread they are going to whack. Immediately yours finishes, they go next to the next one. There are some weddings that are coming. I should be galore. Cut your coat according to your... If you want to hear about that, go to the Friday Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm. Many of us, many of us find it hard to give something for God. Especially when it is a convenience. When you have a millionaire, is it difficult to, to, to give an offering of 10,000? No. No. But you know there's something that I found out for God. God demands of you when you even think you do not have. And you see, I'll show you in the Bible today. For some of us, coming to church only when we feel like serving in the is a chore for us. You used to be a worker and all of a sudden, you don't work anymore. You used to be full of ideas. You call the pastors, ah, can I do something? Is there something to be done? And all of a sudden, you've drawn cold. You've gone cold. You used to be in the choir. You don't sing anymore. You are looking for your key like Pastor Etefia. You used to give. And you don't give anymore. Because you said what? God understands your circumstances. Does he? Really? Let's read that scripture further. It says, embracing what God does for us is the best thing you can do. Don't become well adjusted. What's the best thing you can do? I'll talk about that uh, much later. But there's a part of it. It says now, 
readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly do what? Respond to it. Question is, do you know what God wants from you? Much more of talking about responding quickly. I think you are speaking about that on Friday. How many of us are still in communion with God? How many of us still seek the face of God? When did you last ask God, God, what would you have me do? Not God, I'm going to do this and come and bless it. And how well did you carry out the task that God gave you? Can I tell you something? There's a whole ministry waiting to be birthed, birthed in this chair you are sitting on. You are sitting on a whole ministry. I give you permission, you can stand up and look at the chair. There's a whole ministry there. You are sitting on a whole ministry. Because you know what? God has given to us equal. Everybody has an ability. Everybody has a talent. Some of us have heeded to the call of God. And some of us are still struggling. And I'm asking you today, what has God asked you to do that you are not doing? What has God directed you to do You may not be a pastor like Pastor Femi. I don't know what God has asked you to do. But you know, because God has spoken to you, you have a conviction in your heart. You are looking at me because you know that I know that God has told you to do something and you are sitting on it. Some of you are looking away from me. But God sees your heart. It's not not me, it is God. Amen. Let, let, Let You know, as I speak, your heart is convicting you. How you drop the ball? By dropping God's instruction. What has God asked you to do? And it may not even be in this church. In this church, we are not about the church. We are about the body of Christ. That we, obedience is better than sacrifice. If God has asked you to do something, are you doing it? Why? Because it's not convenient for you. It's not convenient for you. Some people have adopted children. It's not convenient. Some people are going to evangelism. It's not convenient. The people who go to the prison ministry, it's not convenient. They give up their Tuesdays. It's not convenient. Let me, let me, let me take it further. Hmm. Let, let me read a defining scripture. Then I'll round up by sharing how we can live sacrificial lives. And I'm going to take my reading from Genesis 22. I'm going to read 1 to 3, then 3, 5 to 13. It is a scripture which you are familiar with, but I'm going to use it in giving the instruction so that you can follow it very well. Hallelujah. So Genesis uh, 1, Genesis 22, it says, Now it came to pass, after these things, that God did what? Who tested Abraham? Devil. Is it possible for God to want to test you? If he wants to test it. So the instruction that he has given you, The sacrifice he has asked you to make may be what? A test. Have you seen it like that? Many of us, when we are asked to do something, I reject it because it's not convenient. He says, now God, it came to pass that after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said what? Yeah, I am. Go on. Then he said, take now your son, your only son whom you love and go. He, he even, maybe he forgot just in case Abraham was going to forget that that's his only son of promise. 
God was the one reminding him that take your son, your only son, Isaac, <laughs> your only son, Isaac, just in case you are thinking is Ishmael. Ah, some of us would have rejected that voice long time ago. So, in case you don't make a mistake, your only son, Isaac, and then who you do what? Uh uh. Hold on. Anyway. <laughs> and go to the land of Moria and offer him there as a what? Hello. Offer him. As, you know, the thing is that we read the Bible. You know, we are familiar with it. We've read it. We've read, so you can know what is at there. Can you imagine? Somebody says, Your only son, Isaac, take him to Moria. That means. If you read it very well, and you're going to see it. That trip took them how many days? Three days. You're going to see it. You know why? If he says, kill the boy right now. So before you have time to think about it, he will offer the boy. Three days. So that you can agonize. The thought of going to sacrifice your only son that you love. Can you imagine what must have been going through Abraham's mind? Father, speak to me. Speak to me. Let me turn back. Tell me, give the instruction to turn back. Give me instruction. And God says, go, 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 go. All right, let's go for it. He says, so Abraham rose early in the morning. Remember what he said? What he wants from you and do what? Respond quickly. Please come with Are you still with me? What did he say? What we read in Romans. He said, ask what he wants and do what? So he responded quickly and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood. You know the rest of the story. So go to five. I believe we are going to five now. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and the lad. I will go yonder and worship and we'll come back to you. Go on. Just keep on going. So Abraham took the wood of, uh, the, wood of the burnt offering, laid it on Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and two of them went to go. I think there were four. Because two, Isaac, Abraham, the knife, and the fire. (laughs) Hello. Go on. Let me go. Quickly, just go through it for me. Seven, you know what that way, you know all of that. Where's the lamp offering? Go on. Eight. I just want to establish and said, God will provide for himself. And Grace Corral, you are in the spirit this morning. When you are, your special number and you are speaking about, you are singing about God will provide. So no matter how low your bank account is, God is going to provide. I don't know what you are lacking, but God is going to provide. You know, he's God of a thousand, how do you put it? A thousand his cattle, a thousand cattle, a thousand his. There's nothing that you want that God cannot provide. Absolutely nothing. It's too small for him. He created the entire earth. So what? You need I don't know. You need what? You need a millionaire, you need two millionaires, you need three millionaires, and you are despairing. Don't insult my God. Don't insult my God. It's too small. It's too small. The fact that you don't have it doesn't mean that God doesn't have it. You just must know how you can get it. But let's go forward. So, the two of them went together. Nine, give me nine. Just keep on going. And they went to the place and the wood in order. And I'm going to share that with you. Note it that he placed the wood in what? Order. In what? 
order. I'm going to come back to that. I'm just going to, I'm taking you through so that you can see. And he laid him on the altar upon the wood. Go on. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, again, what did he say? Can you remember at the beginning? He said what? Here I am. And I'm going to show you something. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad. Do nothing, anything for him. For I know that now I know you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son from me. Let me stop there. I don't think there's a better illustration of a sacrificial living or sacrificial life than that of Abraham. And I've established that for you. Let me quickly share with you five principles of sacrificial living. And you want to write it down. Five principles of sacrificial living. And you want to write it down. You want to check yourself against those principles. Which one are you doing well with? Which one can you do better in? Which one are you not doing at all? The first one, the willingness to sacrifice. The willingness to sacrifice. Hello? The willingness to sacrifice. And you find that, that... Bible says in Isaiah 119, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of this land. And in the, that's in the New King James Version. In the Amplified Version of the same scripture, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the best. <coughs> the best of the land. Now, when God called Abraham, remember what I said to you, what did he say? He said what? Here I am. When God is calling you, God is calling you this morning, what is your response? Are you here? Don't answer to me. Answer to God. Are you here? When an assignment comes and the man of God says, I am putting you in charge. Are you here? When God has a need and you can supply it, are you here? Are you here? Are you here? Are you here? Honestly, ask yourself, are you here? When you see a gap in the body of Christ, in the church of God, the ground and the pillar of truth, are you here? You are not saved unto yourself. When you are a leader of the church and you come late, you are not here. When it's prayer time, you don't show up, you are not here. Let nobody tell you. Let nobody shake you. Some people, because some people are thinking that maybe I'm going to talk about money. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about sacrifice. But let's go there. Let's talk about money. Some people are looking for biblical references to pay tight. Show me the biblical reference that tells you you must pay your child's school fees. Where is it in the Bible? Where is it in the Bible that you should pay your rent? You are are tithing not just because of what is in the Bible, you are tithing because there's a need in the house of God. 
then you are saying, now, eh, when I pray, the pastors will chuck my money. Hello. There's a need in the house of God. And you are rationalizing. You are, you know, you are debating it. There's a gap. What happened when David got to the war front and he saw somebody blaspheming against the, the Israelites that represented the, the people of God? He said, guess what? I will fight this man. Whenever there's a need and you are sitting down and you are not responding to that need quickly, you are not here. You are not here. Let nobody tell you you are not here. Guess what? You are coming to church. You are not doing the pastor a favor. You are not doing the pastor a favor. You are not doing any one of us a favor. We are doing what God has asked us to do. And by the grace of God, we will get our reward. Guess what? If nobody comes to church, we will stand here, we will preach to the chairs. It's the gospel. That's what we have been asked to do. So when you think you are coming here, and you think you are doing us a favor, or because you gave one significant tithe, you can now tell the pastorate what to do. Did you not see my tithe? Hello? We can't be having services from 9 o'clock to 11. Let's start it from 10 to 12, because that's what is convenient for me. You are not here. Mark yourself, your own script. Are you here? I don't know. The willingness to sacrifice. The second thing is the weight of sacrifice. The weight of sacrifice. What is the substance of your sacrifice? Concerning Abraham, he gave his only, he was going to sacrifice his only son. Let me tell you what, eh? This thing is not a joke. This is a work for eternity. Your car that you do not want to give will grow old, will grow rusty, they will crush it, they will dispose of it. You know, there were some cars in those days, 20, 30 years ago, that if they give you, you'll be jumping all over the place. One night, ah, baby Benz. Mutsubushi Pajero. If they give you now, what will you do? Will you not cause the person? Will you not cause the person? What's the weight of your sacrifice? What have you brought? You guess what? You have a million. And let me talk in monetary terms. You have a million and you give 10,000. And you think you have impressed God? What did he talk about the widow's might? And I'm not talking in terms of money alone. I'm talking in terms of time, in terms of quality contribution. Some people may not have money, but they can evangelize for the church. Some people may not have money, but they can go to the, follow the prison ministry. Some people may not have money, but they can clean the church. You know, I was really very impressed. I understand that the people who do decoration, that they don't ask the church for money. The people, do you know what? Do you like your church? You like all these ornaments? People use their own money. Their own money. Then, meanwhile, you will invite someone to church. <laughs> Check my church. It's very beautiful. Very beautiful. See, see. And yet, you are not involved. If you do not come to church and nothing misses, nothing, you know, you don't come to church and maybe it takes like even 
10 services before they know you didn't come to church. And you say you are here. Absent in you. Sorry, let me just take it for me. You know, the substance of your grieving. Then David in First Chronicles 21 24 said that she said to Onan, But I will surely buy it for the full price, for I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings, offerings again, that which cost me nothing. Hmm. And in Genesis 4, verses 3 to 5, it says, And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the first fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. And I think Pastor Atoebi has taught us about that. What was the reason why Cain's Abel was rejected and Abel's... It's not every offering that is acceptable to God. You can't come here and tip God. You can't come here and... uh, What do they call that one? Um, You roger God. You know roger? You can't roger God. God is not... You know, waiting you carry. You know those... Let me not say. You can't. You can't bribe God. The substance of your offering, of your sacrifice, is significant. What are you bringing to God? Let me just take that quickly. I, I, I hope I can finish this on Wednesday. I'll take it to half hour. We can do. Then we can talk about it. Then the third thing is the preparation of the sacrifice. You know something that I've learned. We're a Pentecostal church, and usually. In Pentecostal churches, the order, when I mean the order, the, the, the fullness of it, sometimes we don't pay a lot of attention to it. When you go to the Orthodox church, you see when they go, when the bishop comes in, there's a procession, there's this. I like this church because we understand that it's not just about the sacrifice, it is the preparation of the sacrifice that is also important. So when you see us, when we are administering communion and we wear a robe and we follow a procedure, it's only because of the fact that um, COVID, you know how we used to do it. The elders, we gather ourselves, we pray, we process. They say, we, so when you are giving a, a, a sacrifice, don't toss your sacrifice at God. How you prepare it is what? Important. We even teach you in this church, if you are going to give an offering, pray. Because it's not all offerings that God accepts. And I'll show you. In here, it says that um, um, in Exodus 29.15, it says, you shall, take, you shall also take one ram, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands on the head of the ram. And you shall kill the ram, and you shall take its blood and sprinkle all around the altar. Then you shall cut the ram in pieces, wash its entrails and its legs, and put them in pieces and with its head. And you shall burn the whole ram on the altar. It's a burnt offering to the Lord. And I'll talk, let me stop there. 
I read sacrifices, sir. How the priest, when you go into the inner, most in, inner, inner sanctuary, that you can only go once a year, there's a preparation. Time will not allow me to go through it with you. There's a preparation. You have to prepare yourself. When you are coming to church for a service, it is a sacrifice. It is an offering. You need to prepare yourself. As you are coming, you know, sometimes when I'm in my car, and especially I'm not the one preaching, I'm thinking to myself, what is the man of God going to say today? Lord, connect me. Do you know the joy in my heart? When, what, some, sometimes, what the man of God, there's an affirmation. Because you know what? I prepare my heart to receive. Some of us come to church as if we are going to a party. In fact, we spend more time going to a party than going to church. I don't have a problem with the party. I'm just saying that when you are coming to church, prepare your mind. As a matter of fact, on Saturday night, begin to step down. Begin to step down. It's the Sabbath. And the Bible says, well, would you do it what? Holy. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Guard yourself. Bible says you should guard your head, your heart diligently. Because out of it goes what? If you are coming to church on a Sunday, there are some programs you should not watch on Saturday. Mm. They don't like me. The table is shaking, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. The table is shaking. Prepare yourself. Don't choose what you are going to wear to church on Sunday morning. Choose it on Saturday night. Prepare yourself. You are coming to meet the king of... If Buari were to invite you, or Songwolu were to invite you to come tomorrow, some of you, since last week, you not only go and prepare the outfit, you actually buy the outfit. So, why are you coming to God? As if you are coming to meet the king of kings, the lord of lords, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the one that was, that is, and forever shall be. Hallelujah. Anyway, let me not say. The fourth one I'll quickly talk to you about, and I'm not sure I'm going to deal with it this evening, this morning. Maybe I'll leave it till Wednesday. And I thank you, sir. The aroma of sacrifice. Thank you. You took us a few days ago or, or two weeks ago on the fragrance of Christ. Yeah, I'm talking to you. So maybe that's what we'll do on Wednesday. The aroma of sacrifice. Do you know what? The only thing that connects with God is the aroma. The main sacrifice has nothing to do with God. You have to burn it. So it is a sweet smelling aroma. That's what reaches God. The sacrifice that you brought to church this morning, is it a sweet smelling aroma? The sacrifice that you are about to give, is it a sweet smelling aroma? Your dancing this morning, your praise, is it sweet smelling? Have you met somebody with body odor before? Hello. B.O. Have you met somebody with body odor? How does it, how, how, how do you react to the person? May our sacrifice not be body odor to God. And I just showed you, Cain's sacrifice was body odor. That's why God had no respect for it. So, don't sit there, pretty, 
and you say to me, I've given an offering of 10,000 naira, 15,000 naira. Give one billion, God can reject it. If it's not a sweet smelling aroma to him. I'm going to, we'll probably talk about that. He says, it says in Ephesians 5, 2, and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself to us as an offering and a sacrifice for a sweet smelling aroma. In the amplified version of that, it says, and walk continually in love. That is the value one another. That is value one another. Practice empathy, compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others. But as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and sacrifice to God slain for you a sweet, so that it became a sweet fragrance. Mm. Let me, like I said, we'll talk about that. Really. The final one is the benefits of sacrifice. The benefits of sacrifice. Let's go back to our original scripture. The last verse of it. The last verse of it. Original scripture. Um, uh, uh, Romans 1. Uh, Romans 12, I beg your pardon. Verses 1 and 2. And it says, God. So, here's what I know. Go to the last verse. Uh, 2, verse 2. Just give me verse 2. Verse 2. Just verse 2. Give me verse 2. Let me, yeah. Is, is that verse 2? Okay, it says, don't, so don't become well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without thinking. Topic for another day. And we've been saying that in another day. But instead, what do you do? Fix your attention. Do not fix your attention on your bank account. Do not fix your attention on your lack. The minute the disciples took their eyes off Jesus and they fixed their attention on the storm, they started sinking, forgetting that Jesus was in the boat. You've taken your eyes off Christ and you're looking at your problems, so you're no longer living a sacrificial life. We talked about that, readily changed from inside and so on, but unlike the culture around you that drags you down to the level of immaturity, in this season, it's called deeper and deeper. God brings out the best in you. That's where I'm going. Now, this is the reward of sacrifice. Having given everything as an offering, what does God do? He brings out the best in you. How many of us want to be the best of us? The best version of what we can be. And he says, it develops you. You become well-formed. And you are very mature. And what does it mean mature? You are mature in all kinds of things. In your marriage, you are mature. In financial things, you are mature. In business, you are mature. In the things of God, you are mature. Everything that you touch, because of the wisdom that comes with maturity, the understanding that comes with maturity, you excel. But if you don't want to take my word for it, let me show you another scripture. Help me. Genesis 22, 15 to 18. Let's hear the end of the matter. That other scripture. I'm not tying up the Old Testament with the New Testament to tell you that there's a benefit of sacrifice. This is the benefit of sacrifice. Genesis 22:15 to 18. It says, and I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, 
By myself, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not held, not withheld, I beg your pardon, your son, your only son, go forward, blessing, I will bless you. Oh God, God, I don't like that, amen. It says, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply. Your descendants as the stars of heaven. And as the sands which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemy. I don't know who I am talking to. Let me try this side. I said your descendants shall possess the gates of your enemy, of the enemy in the name of Jesus. No, let me tell, let me try you here. It says, in your seed, in your own seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Why? Because you did what? Obeyed my voice. The benefits of sacrifice. So, don't go around envying Abraham. He sacrificed. He put something on the table. My last word for you this morning. What are you putting on the table? Thank you. We will continue on Wednesday. Maybe if we have enough, perhaps we'll make it really interactive. I'm sure there are many questions. I want to find a lot more about that aroma. I did a lot of research. I want to know more about aroma. I need to know more about aroma. So come on Wednesday. It's going to be interactive. As many of you that can make it on Wednesday, please join us on Wednesday. We want to make it interactive. So go and study. Study on this issue of fragrance of God. Study on this issue of aroma. We will deal with that one specially because we realize that it is when that connects with God that he brings down all this blessing. So see you on Wednesday by the grace and mercy of God. Now put your hands together for Jesus. Father, we thank you for the grace and for the word that you have shared and liberally it's a quick edge sword. Father Lord, we ask that you will give us the grace to walk in this word in the name of Jesus. That even as we have heard, we'll not be hearers only, but we'll be doers in the name of Jesus. Father, we have done the first part. Ask, give us the grace to be able to continue in the second part and even make it more glorious than the first one in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Amen.